I love golfing. Your computer is yourself, and it's like you are scoring. It's like you are doing the film music or doing the opera symphony. Actually, you never want to say, "Hey, I want to do it better than Beethoven. I want to do it better than Mozart." But actually, you want to be better than last time. You might not recognize the voice, but if you've seen the films *Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon* by Ang Lee or *Hero* by Zhang Yimou, you might have found yourself drawn into the rich martial arts worlds created by the combination of costumes, movement, and last but not least, his music. This is Tan Duan's music. He's a master composer and living national treasure in his native China. His work famously combines Western and Chinese classical music with instruments from other world cultures or even nature itself. Outside of stage and film, his music has graced some of China's great milestone events, including the 2008 Beijing Olympics and the 2016 opening of Shanghai Disneyland. I had the rare pleasure of sitting down with him at Hong Kong's Heritage Museum in Sha Tin. I learned about his life and work, as well as his thoughts on the connection between spirituality, creativity, and culture. It's a mission impossible to find something unrelated to music in my life. Actually, I find it's very funny. Maybe it's kind of a fate. <laughs> Tan Duan was born in a village in Changsha called Simao, which means silk hair. Named for the trees that were covered in flowing white strands, the traditionally morbid color meant that communities in Hunan designated the village as the final destination for the deceased. This meant that funeral rites and other folk rituals were a part of everyday life for Tan Duan. Making spirituality a permanent influence on his future work. Actually, I'm very regret uh, uh, to be a musician. When I was a child, I always wanted to be a shaman. I was raised up in Hunan. You probably know two crazy people from Hunan. One is Mao Zedong, another one is me. Just kidding. <laughs> You know, Hunan is is a is a Taoist culture, Tao. So when I was young, I always wanted to be a Taoist. Taoist always imagine a invisible road can reach a invisible place, invisible cities. Unable to take up formal musical training due to the Cultural Revolution, it goes without saying that Master Tan, or Tan Lao Shi, as we would come to refer to him. Was able to create under circumstances many creatives today could not imagine. Given the challenges he faced, I asked him if struggle and hardship were essential to creativity. He responded using an analogy, something he would do again over the course of our conversation. I love arugula. I love to eat Chinese the Kugua. Guangdonghua, Fugua. Oh, Fugua, bitter melon, right? Yeah, and uh, and also bitter vegetable, arugula, because I find in the real life also it's same thing. If you know how to appreciate the bitterness, and the life is different. As artist, 
if you struggled, if you being squeezed spiritually, and you will know yourself much more, and you know how to make your art more interesting. Sent to work on a commune, Tan learned to play traditional Chinese instruments with other commune residents, and would eventually join and perform with a Peking opera troupe. After completing his studies at the Central Conservatory in Beijing, he moved to New York to attend Columbia University. Almost immediately, he set about creating new worlds that married his hybrid Western and Chinese musical arrangements to strong theatrical performances and visuals. Do you know why I love cinema and opera? I always thought opera was the ancient cinema, and I always believe the cinema will be the future opera. Because before we invented electricity, you see, we have opera as a literature, as a fine art, as a makeup, as music. You know, before you you invented electricity, Chinese人叫电影，电影 actually translated called the shadow of electricity. <laughs> actually, it is electric shadows. So I love that word, electric shadows. Actually, it means film. I always believe, maybe influenced too much by Confucius or Buddhism or Taoism, the sort of three big important elements in Chinese culture. But actually, personally, always believe that the soul can be trained for opera. It's very interesting when you synchronize the action and the sound, picture and the music, and suddenly you see the time is different. The timing, the feeling is changing. Music dealing with the synchronization between picture and the sound. Wow. His love for picture and sound would be reciprocated when he was called on to write scores for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hero, and Feng Xiaogang's The Banquet, which together comprise his infamous martial arts trilogy. For his efforts, he earned numerous accolades, including an Academy Award, a Grammy, and a BAFTA Award for Crouching Tiger. I spent so much time in my last twenty years trying to figure out the philosophy of. Synchronizations of a picture and sound. That's why only till after I composed for Crouching Tiger, then I was、uh, talking to An Li. You know, I was asking him. I said, "Tell me how you learned for a film for the electric shadows, making electric shadows." <laughs> he said, "There's no way, no way to learn film. The only way to approach is the drama, is the theater." It's the literature, it's the sense and beauty sense of arts. And as a director or filmmaker, you need to be the best and most sensitive of all those parts. If you listen to Tan Dun's work, you'll notice that every detail has intent and reason. With his ability to effectively combine such diverse influences, I asked a bit about his creative process. And his mindset. 
40 years ago when I was a composer and, uh, you know, I went to New York, uh, no, 30 years ago, I went to New York to study at Columbia University. Actually, I was trained myself much more into a certain kind of a method to catch the shape of sound. So my imagination, actually, for a symphony, for opera, always came from a single song, you know. You will hear certain kind of a, a chanting. Of course, this chanting mainly was uh, inspired by the Sanskrit, the ancient language of those Buddhist chantings. Throughout his career, Tan Lao Shi has repeatedly experimented and worked with different languages, including ancient ones like classical Chinese and the aforementioned Sanskrit. The chanting he's talking about is in reference to his latest project that will soon debut after several years in development. My newest one is the Buddha Passion. I spent about uh, more than five years to create, and I went to Dunhuang, which is in the West Part Desert, giant desert, there for uh, many times. Inspired by the paintings, the thousands years old paintings in the uh, Dunhuang Caves. The Morgao Caves, also known as the Caves of the Thousand Buddhas, are located in Dunhuang, a city in modern-day Gansu province that was once a key stop on the ancient Silk Road. The walls of the caves are covered with elaborately painted murals covering nearly 50,000 square meters and depicting Buddhist figures and spiritual scenes. In the caves, those paintings are sometimes trying to paint the sound, trying to print the floating of the sound wave, trying to paint actually the color of sound. My God, it's so avant-garde. I mean, the thousands of years ago, those painters, and I don't well, who knows who painted, but beautiful human being. And that kind of a painting actually make me crazy because painting can search in the sound wave. Painting can search in the speed. Painting can search in the tempo and the dynamic. Why not music? The music already be painted. It just needs to be transcribed, transformed into today's format and today's stage. For many of us working in big cities, modern life can leave us short on headspace and struggling to stay inspired. This is something that artists and creatives deal with constantly throughout their careers. I asked Tan Laoshi how he continues to find Lingan, or inspiration, after all these years. I think a soul sometimes is like a psychological animal can be trained. The soul, inspirations, 
You know, sometimes when you were young, you said, "Oh, I, today I don't have 灵感 I don't have、uh, inspirations. You know, I cannot." Sometimes God, or sometimes Buddha, sometimes、uh, Allah, or whatever. Sometimes could be so unfair. Today you can write the whole chapter, boom, finished. And tomorrow they maybe only give you give you one note in eight hours. Do <laughs> second day, <laughs> only one note, and it always happened. So in that case, actually. I always try to train my inspiration, train my soul. Actually, while there's a lot more discussion about how to nurture creativity now, there's still a pervading attitude that creativity is something you're born with. You've either got it or you don't. It's a belief that goes back in time to even Master Tan's master. When I was graduated from the Central Conservatory of Beijing, I said to my professor, "I want to write my thesis called、uh, 'How to Train My Soul.'"、Huh? He said, "I got to send you to the hospital to cure you. <laughs> How you train your soul? I mean, inspiration. You need to nurture it, to train it, to find it. The best way is to travel." To go somewhere, you think it's going to be, you know, physically, spiritually, make you feel it, and and that's the place. Actually, like Dunhuang is one of them. While we're no strangers to the value of travel for escape or self-discovery, what about those who are unable to make similar pilgrimages? Can we still find inspiration even when we're seemingly trapped in one place? When I asked this, Tan Lao Shu was ready with an alternative. If you don't want to travel physically, then you would rather to travel spiritually. It's very, very important. That's why you know the Buddhist people they always pray every day. Pray anyway. Training yourself, I think, is very、uh, practical. This kind of、uh, close yourself off. Sometimes to me is difficult because we always have a lot of work to do. You know, we are professional artists. And sometimes, to me, be going the turn off your cell phone for a week. Without a cell phone for a week, life is so beautiful. <laughs> As my time with Tan Duan came to a close, it became clear that he is so much more than the music and performances that we know him for. He is a one-man cultural force, a preserver of tradition that transcribes seemingly forgotten spirituality. To be understood and embraced by today's audiences, like the sounds he reproduced from the cave paintings of Dunhuang, he has become a medium for the world's ancient culture, bringing it to life in new, authentic, and powerful ways. Buddha passion actually、uh, buried deeply of my belief about the timing, about the life. You know, we always want to believe there's a, a next life. Because we want to live in the future, you know why kids want to play game? It's because they want to live in a kingdom, is timeless. They want to live in a dream kingdom. They want to live in the future. That's why the cinema, the game, the opera can make them be that place. Buddha passion is this kind of piece. Actually, it can make you. To live in the future and in the ancient time. 
I left off by asking about how I could experience his latest work in person. The Asian premiere of Buddha Passion will be in the New Vision Festival on the November 2nd and the 3rd. And the one thing is quite surprising is there will be two beautiful girls reincarnated from the painting play this ancient instrument on the stage of Hong Kong. But meanwhile, there's some other surprises. For example, the German Lübeck International Choral Academy actually uh, consists of 19 countries, young singers speaking Russian, Italian, or French, but they all singing in Chinese and the plus Sanskrit. So it's very, very colorful experience for my audience in Hong Kong. I cannot wait. <laughs>